Welcome to the Training Common Sense Podcast. You might find nothing, you might find something, but hopefully you'll find it interesting. Welcome to this podcast. Um, I've got Mike Davies with me, who's an academy manager, and we're going to have a chat about uh, training engagement. Hi, Mike. Hi, Dave. Are you well? Yes, very well, thank you. Great stuff. It was interesting when I uh, when I posted on um, LinkedIn about um, engaging um, employers. It was interesting some of the responses that that came back. Yeah. So <clears throat> the the people that have got uh, or what I would class as people that have got solid L and D backgrounds all tried to justify it with an L and D approach. So it was about. You know, well, you've got to make sure that you get the manager to attend the training, and it's like, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of missing the point a little bit. Yeah, you know, drive engagement by forcing engagement uh, <laughs> with 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 the uh, with their superiors. Um, yeah, and I think it, it's you know it's it, it, it's trying to recognise what what are the, the motivations to be disengaged or actually they won't be seen as being disengaged they'll just be seen that they're prioritizing their time where they as an individual where their business needs it as opposed to being disengaged from training as in as in because as in because of coronavirus um well i think that there's part of that you actually see quite you could argue that uh, training particularly from a virtual classroom perspective has increased because whether that's people being furloughed and then wanting to see them progress on their learner journey and take advantage of the fact that they're not earning money and being productive, you know, some people will see it as an opportunity and become more in coronavirus will actually drive engagement in them, getting their people or themselves progress through L&D learner journeys. I think the point the point that you said before was interesting. It's about the motivation. Because if you if you think about it, the motivation um, with, the, with coronavirus, and if there's been a downturn, so taking out of the equation the significant shift to online, you know, so e-learning, but arguably engagement would have dropped because people's motivation has to be focused elsewhere, so where it's more important at that time, you know. So yeah. the last the last ten ten months of uh, of the pandemic. Surely it's the you know that a business's focus has been on surviving, you know maybe even dealing with a shutdown. The last the last thing they'll have been thinking about is uh, is train or certainly down their priority list will be training their people. Which if you think about it, whilst the pandemic's a ch- you know a huge huge challenge, that isn't dissimilar to what I would say was a normal year. Because it is about where an employer or employing manager puts their focus. Yeah, yeah, it's just uh, something else that's been thrown into the mix in 2020 yeah. and obviously 2021 now that, um, you know, taking away the attention. So, yeah, it's, you know, I guess the, the responses that you had around um, we need to engage the managers more, well, it's, you know, I don't think they purposefully disengage from training. They're just engaging their energy elsewhere that, that's deemed more important at the time, particularly from a business perspective. 
yeah where do you put where do you place your focus at any given time you know there's eight there's eight to ten hours in a working day more for some people um and less for others interestingly um you know but there's only so many hours in the day you have to choose where you where you spend spend that energy or spend that time and energy i think part of the solution is is trying to, to link the two together you know the actually training has a massive impact on what it is you're focusing all your energy on currently whether it's the impact of coronavirus whether it's month end numbers selling metal or whatever it is that you're you're working in it, it's drawing the link that one will absolutely impact on the other so sort of it becomes part of their natural thinking rather than they've got to dedicate time to think about training it's just a part of day to day what they need to achieve it's almost as if it's seen as a bolt-on as opposed to something that's intrinsic to the performance of the business yeah absolutely training is something that we have to do um intellectually i found that most people they understand why you do training um but they don't necessarily understand why it should be a higher priority in their day-to-day life and routine as you know within an operational role yeah and i think yeah you look at how how training providers attempt to engage the network now and it, you know whether it's a forced cancellation fees etc you know, this will engage them more by punishing them if they're not engaging <laughs> um you know, it, it's um you know it's it's not dealing with the root cause of why people aren't engaged at the problem. You just you're just penalising them for for not at the at the end of the process. Yeah, as if as if it's not hard enough to make money as it is. If you don't engage in the training, we're going to punish you and either charge you for non-attended, or we're going to levy we're going to levy you whether you use it or not. You know mm. how 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 is that supporting a supporting a business directly? Hmm. It's an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting problem. That's uh, that, that's for sure. But yeah, like I say, it was um, it, it was it was interesting that people with an L and D uh, with L and D credentials it just came out with the same old uh, the same old approach, as opposed to um, starting to think. Well, well, actually, what does the what does the employing business actually need from this training? Because it tends to be focused on the delegate, you know, what's the experience like? Did you enjoy the pizza? That kind of thing. Um, the, it's it's not being focused on the employer. What's the employer's needs of this? Talking about doing it differently with training common sense. Part of it is, and you're right from the L and D approach, that the pendulum has swung in, uh, from one from one way to another. I mean, if you look at why why was training developed in the first place, well, ultimately it's to either satisfy customers to sell more of something and make more money, or it's to give people the skill set in order to satisfy customers to provide a service that can make more money, whether that's for a, a brand or, or a a privately owned business um but, but we've gone full the pendulum swung all the way to the end we've almost kind of all providers of, of 
lost sight of the the true output of training is to make it profitable and now actually it's all about the individual it's all about the delegate because people want to be um developed they, they're hungry for learning and knowledge so actually to retain people we need to have clear learning paths of what we believe that role needs what they need as an individual and we, we start to lose touch of the whole original purpose that actually there's, there's a business here there's a business need for people to be trained and the link has all, almost been kind of lost or forgotten yeah, it's interesting though because you're right, and there is uh, there is the need for training to support with retention, so keeping keeping people um, keeping people engaged in the business. I think it was Richard Branson that said, "Train people well enough so that they can leave, treat them well enough so that they don't leave." Yeah. Um, but it, it, that that pendulum swing where where it was more about the commercial piece. I think it's important to note though that there is also also the qualitative element to it so yes it is about the business making uh, making more money by um by being able to maximize the opportunity with the customer so that whole kind of you know sales piece but also it's about the quality of how they do that so it's that longer term retention which does still link to commercial performance you know because if you upend all of your customers the first time you see them you're never going to see them again you know you're going to you're going to run out of people to take money off um but if you do it if you do it right in the first place so you focus on that qualitative element then actually your longer term success is then also secured as well but picking up picking up on what you said about the um uh, about the the learner journey and and engaging that individual I, I think there is there's absolute mileage in that of of course if people have a clear um a clear line of sight to what it is that they're trying to uh, trying to become or trying to achieve then that's much much better but if you take the statistics um and I, there was a forbes study um a few years ago talking about generation z and yeah. how and how generation z uh, i think it i think it was something like 40% of generation z will only stay in a, the same job for 13 months yeah so so that that says to me you can lay out a learning journey that says okay this is your destiny or this is your destination and these are the elements that you've got to do but if that journey doesn't fit within 13 months you're going to lose 40% of whatever it is that you've achieved within Generation Z because there's not been the time to um, to get to that point of competence, which is the first time I've actually mentioned competence. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's also does the recruiting manager understand whether, whether it's a millennial that they've just employed and what their ambitions and goals are? Does, does the learner journey, and you just said it, you know, speed to competence... Does that fit? Does that marry? Because if it doesn't, if, if the speed to get to competence where this millennial or individual wants to get to because they're very ambitious and they're hungry for knowledge, doesn't fit the the um, the, the L&D learner journey that's in, implemented, then chances are you're going to disengage this individual right from the outset. Yeah, and, and actually, I mean, I was talking about Gen, Gen Z, you know, the, the millennials shortened, yeah, shortened that time, you know, Gen, Gen, Generation Z, so the, nec- the next generation after that, they're shortening it even further, you know, where, where they have ambitions to move on 
um, very, very quickly. Not necessarily leave the organisation that they're in, but certainly change uh, change their job. You know, so gone of the gone of the days of well, time served is what helps. Uh, you know, is what helps you get the next position. Um, that's just it's just an outdated um, an outdated view and outdated practice. Really. Yeah, so I guess going back to the the pendulum analogy, there, there, I think historically with training, learning has always been too far one way or the other, and it's trying to find that happy medium where you know, you're taking into account the the generation that's currently coming through through the education system. What is their hunger? What's the long, longevity of it? Um, what's the desired frequency? But also, what's the business output? And then trying to create a solution that can. Um, that can engage everybody, not just the, the delegates, obviously, but the, the employer to release a delegate for training. Yeah, I think there's also, there's also, um, or the problem is also compounded. So, you know, the example that you said, you know, you, you, you bring in someone in new, firstly, knowing what it is um, about that person that you're uh, that you're bringing into your business you know what's the generation what's the you know the the trends or the the indicators of that generation clearly not everybody's not everybody's the same um but it just gives you an indication of what it is that you're bringing in um but if you think about when someone is new into a job role to to engage them within um within learning and i put that in inverted commas in that kind of um wiggle your fingers type way um to engage them in the learning that shows them this big long journey well they are generally quite long um and possibly even protracted journey well this is this is where you're going you know and you're doing that within the first few days or maybe even first couple of weeks of them joining the job the reality is they're probably drowning in the operational challenge of the new job you know so all of this all of this learning being laid out you know in this in this grand fashion um as wonderful as that is is it even relevant to the individual when you know certainly if they're in a customer uh, you know a customer facing role all of that is irrelevant if you've got a customer that's just come in and they're annoyed and upset and they're shouting at you so you know how how do you how do you bring um or break competence down and deliver it in an as and when fashion you know so that individual that's new into that role if they've never done that kind of job before they'll have no idea how to deal with a screamer you know when someone's thumping on the desk and you know and shouting that this hasn't been done or that hasn't been uh, hasn't been done you know you need to you need to give them the skills to survive that bit of the, that bit of that bit of their job as soon as you possibly can don't worry about don't worry about becoming a qualified whatever this is about how do you survive today how do you get how do you get through you know the next screamer because it it has such a profound impact on you know on your willingness to even want to carry on doing the job so yeah. maybe don't, that's don't back to Sorry, I was going to say going back to days consulting out in the network and seeing firsthand, you know, what you know, these poor individuals that are signing up for a, a customer-facing role and 
you know, the managers, are, as you say, they're drowning in their own operational, you know, trying to hit targets, um, you know, that they don't even have the time to sit down and map out somebody's learner journey. They're, they're all ultimately relying on the the rigidness of the whatever learner journey or training provider is delivering that for them to kind of go through that and pick it up for them without taking that person away from them for absolutely. a long period of time. Uh, absolutely. And, and, and more often than not, and clearly not every training provider um, is or L&D person is the same, but there is a common theme to how these things are approached because they're yeah. based they're based in an academic view of of how how it needs to take place when actually if we if, you know if you take my example of you know when someone's new to a job and they're getting shouted at on their third or fourth day or third or fourth week um if we link that to um the potential as to why are generation z moving or wanting to move within 13 months of the job if they're a, if they're if they're one of those people that's been shouted at half a dozen times in the first few days or weeks of their job it's no surprise they want to leave or want to change their job and get away from the uh, get away from the madness I think it comes down to, I guess, um, yeah, most learner journeys at the moment are just not agile enough mm-hmm. um, to, to deal with the, the scenario that you just gave there to, you know, rather than throwing out this long, you know, whether it's one year, 24 months or three year learner journey in front of them, it's these, these what, what is it that this particular service or environment has the most challenges with today what is life today what are the challenges of the mm. product that you're selling or servicing whatever that may be um, and, and what support do you need to survive today yeah. whether it's your first day on the job whether it's your 10th year on the job you know products are constantly changing services are constantly changing customers demands and needs are ever, are ever changing you know we and we've we've been in the um you and I in the, the position where we've created learner journeys. I mean, how long does it take to map out a learner journey, to then gather the content, to then pull it together, to then test, then troll it? It's years in itself. And you, as an argument to say, it's already out of date. Out of date. Yeah. It, it, it hits it. So I think, I think the agility of um, that knowledge transfer, making sure it's live, it's relevant, and it's what the individual and what the business needs today is absolutely key. Yeah. Because the thing is, once you set once you set it in stone, um, then actually the cost of modifying that learner journey, you know, to a potential client could could be huge. So there becomes this nervousness around even go- venturing anywhere near it to say, is this is this still relevant? Mm. It's an interesting interesting problem. Thanks for listening to Training Common Sense. Come back again, there'll be more.